Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam-packed we are because and then there were two. Super Bowl bound are the Bengals and Rams. These playoffs have been ridiculous. Plus, oh, by the way, the greatest player ever is retiring. Plenty of time for your calls today. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. The kick is up. Hit. Good. It is no fluke. It is a fact. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Super Bowl 56. That's the call on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. The Bengals on their way to the bowl. They'll be in L.A. taking on the hometown Rams in the Super Bowl two weeks from yesterday. And joining me in studio now with the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. The traditional Monday with my beloved Rex Ryan. And I am delighted to have Teddy Bruschi good enough to hang around a few extra minutes. Thank you for doing this, Teddy. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was great to have you in today on Get Up. It's great to have you here. And, you know, you said an interesting thing to me. In the last break of Get Up, and we, we, we on this show, we can just kind of go wherever you want to go. You said an interesting thing to me. You said, for all the championships you won, for all the different things, yeah. that it is the losses that stay with you even more than the wins. Yeah, so because I, I was thinking about Patrick Mahomes and all of the losses he's already suffered in terms of AFC championship losses, Super Bowl losses. And I mean, you think about your career, I mean, it's like, okay, Teddy, congrats. You've won, you know, three Super Bowls, but it's like, ah, those seven. Man, we could have had that one. I think about an 06 AFC championship game that we lost to Peyton Manning. I mean, my rookie year, we lost to Green Bay in the Super Bowl. So those type of guys, and Patrick Mahomes is one of them that – you just end up becoming addicted to win championships. And they've got one, yes, but when it's all said and done, you look back and these opportunities that the Chiefs continually fail in, these losses, I mean, they'll always remember them and it's going to hurt for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Look, I lost, as a coach, three AFC championship games in a row. And it's just, it's devastating. And, you, and you're right, it'll, it, it'll, 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 they stay with you forever. I mean, I still have dreams at night like, dang, what if I would have done this or done on that? On certain plays, like one oh. play in, in a certain game. Mm-hmm. I think of a fourth down play against the New York Giants in the Super Bowl where, where Hedgecock, the fullback, is coming at me and Jacob's the big running back behind him. It's like, man, if I would have tried to maybe jump, go to the left, jump over, uh, sort of set my end on the right side on a stunt to the left, all those type of questions. And over this weekend, you saw certain moments like that from certain players that I just know for the rest of your life, you're going to see that ball in the air that you dropped, intercepted, or the, the pass that you missed, those type of opportunities you don't forget. Well, one of those, I think, might be Patrick Mahomes in the last play of the first half yesterday at home against Cincinnati, which in the moment, you know, Ryan Clark said that when it happened, he didn't think that much of it. Clearly, it's a blunder. It's a huge mistake. Of that, there's no, just, there's no doubt. But in the moment, I, I have to admit, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Man, they're just going to blow them out in this game. That, that will wind up being a blip on the radar. But it wasn't. And Rex, you made the point. It led to a lot of the things that then happened. Oh, there's no question. And to me, momentum totally shifted. Momentum was so on Kansas City's side. And the minute you never you showed up with a donut in that situation, Cincinnati ran into that locker room, fired up, knowing, hey, we're only down 11. We've been there before. We can do this again. And here's it showed Patrick Mahomes played so tight, and 
we had Orlowski talk about it. It seemed like he was chasing that play, mm-hmm. trying to make up for that play. Well, that's not how you play the position of quarterback. And to me, I thought, I, I thought Patrick flinched a little. He lost some confidence. And mm-hmm. that defense got bolder, more aggressive, and, and they believed in it. And that momentum was coming their way. And that's how they play. Well, that's that, so fascinating to me. And yeah. let me let's, go, let's dive into that a minute here. Uh, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. L- let's teach the fans a little something here, because I'm sure a lot of fans watching that game, as I was, were thinking, wow, Mahomes has all day to throw back there. Right, and then Rex right. says they got more aggressive. Well, when I think of aggressive, I think of Rex Ryan. Here comes five guys. Here comes six guys. Here comes seven guys rushing the quarterback. But they went the opposite way. What did they do? Yeah, well, well first of all, I want to say that let your point a second ago when you thought, well, this is just going to be a blowout. Yeah. Burrow doesn't think that way. Right. You know, a lot of players, the players don't think that way. Right. They think about they think about a situationally what's coming next. So besides that, what you're talking about in terms of how it looks and he's got all the time in terms of Mahomes for throwing the football, it's the plan. It's like that they were the Bengals were not afraid to let Patrick Mahomes improvise and run around and and that's fascinating to me because that's what makes him so dangerous. It's like you got to keep him in the pocket. Don't let him out there. They were content on running rushing three, and that, that, that extra rusher, whether it was Hubbard or Hendrickson, rerouting, sacrificing pass rush for pass route disruption, and they wanted to do that, throw off the timing. And even if the rush came late, they knew that Patrick Mahomes is just going to hold that football and continually wait to see if his guys were there. Street ball, if you will, yep. but Hubbard got there. You saw Hendrickson. I think he needed oxygen mm-hmm. one time. You saw him on the sideline. They just played so hard, and they did a great job of it. But Rex, yeah. that's an adjustment, right? Because that's not the way they started the game. They started the game, and we showed it on TV with you this morning. They started the game. They're rushing. They're rushing upfield, and Mahomes is escaping, and he's running for yardage, and, and that, the typical Mahomes stuff. And then what, what was the yeah. adjustment? Well, I think the big adjustment was how they did rush the passer. And, and part of it is you can't have two guys up the field past the quarterback. It, you can't have it. You can have one, but you can't have two. And, and that was a big adjustment. And then the fact what Bruce talking about, they would have a guy hit the point or the guy that's on the line of scrimmage, reroute the man on the line of scrimmage, fall into coverage, and then be a late fourth con- Contain rusher. We saw Hubbard do it, make a great play, force the fumble. Mm-hmm. And, and, and time and time again, we saw that. But it, why do you do that? It takes away the plan. And when I say be aggressive, the coverage was aggressive. These guys never flinched. They sit back saying, hey, I know i got to chase Tyreek Hill across that thing. I'm going to plaster. All right? Well, guess what? The confidence that they played with, they were like, I'm going to make a play on the football. And you saw it time and time again. But what happens when momentum's going – it's hard to slow down, and yeah, it just kept yeah. building and building and building in Cincinnati's favor, and Kansas City couldn't get it back. And the, and the thing that I was disappointed in, as a coach, when you see that happen, you've got to change it. And how do you change it? It's as simple as go back to running the football. Yeah, Don't be, put your quarterback because we're daring in that you case. to defensively. Yes. That type of plan dares you to run the and football. They had running McKinnon yesterday, and they the had a lot of success were. in the in the in the beginning. But in the end, it's like they will revert to who they are, and we sort of know that. If you yeah. have, Lou Anarumo, great job, defensive coordinator for the Bengals, great job. Just knowing that, no, this is who you really are, and I'm just going to rush through. I'm going to play against it, and I'm going to I'm going to force those that 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 lack of timing by rerouting receivers because we know this. You want to throw it. 
And Patrick Mahomes wants to run around, so we're just going to play to that because the answer is running the football. And I'm, I've lived these plans. And it was always, who was the quarterback for me? It was Peyton Manning. Right. right. We, right. It, it was when he always wanted to throw the football, and they didn't beat us until 06 when they finally were like, well, if you're going to do that, we're going to run it. And they ran it like 10 times in a row, and they shoved it down our throats. But yesterday, Kansas City wouldn't do it. Right? It, 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 is, it is the first of the playoff losses that Mahomes has had that you kind of put on him. His two previous playoff losses, he he never gets the ball in overtime against Brady. They lose a classic at home in the AFC Championship game. Last year in the Super Bowl, I think we kind of carried him off the field on his shield, playing without an offensive line. That that certainly wasn't on Patrick Mahomes. This is one that is going to stick to him a little, um, and we'll see how he bounces back. Meanwhile, let me make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Rex, I I give you credit because you were the first one, at least on my shows, who compared Joe Burrow to Tom Brady. I feel like that was two months ago. Right. And now what? I mean, what do we say about Joe Burrow leading this team in his second year? Well, this is what we see. And, and it's funny because Brew and I talked about it before. He goes, you're, you're meaning you, you're comparing him to Tom Brady eight years in his career or ten years That's in right. his career. Right. That's exactly right. The guy I used to go against that, that had it in his eyes, the competitiveness – the fact he never flinches, it's not, the, the moment is never too big for him, and he never is out of the game as long as there's time left on that clock. That's Joe Burrow to a T right now. And, and the thing is, too, why, why I think he's Tom Brady-like, he builds that team up. Every single person on that team thinks he's a hell of a football player, when, when quite honestly it's not. But he makes you feel that way. You never think you're out of the game because you have Joe Burrow as your quarterback and, and he's a dang winner. And that's what I see about him. Look, do I think he's going to have the career that Tom Brady has? No, I don't think it's ever going to happen again. But I see the traits in this young man. And I did say that he'll win multiple championships because I believe that. Yeah, this would be a pretty good start, though. It'd be a yeah, good start. Go over, good start. <laughs> go over there and get it, right? Second year. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good start. Brady there's, there's won been... one in his second year, his first yeah. one. 20 years ago next month, Teddy, you were there. Uh, and we'll see if Burrow can do it. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. With that thought in mind, I would be remiss, Teddy, if I did not get your thoughts. The enormous news of this weekend that Tom Brady is going to retire. You were with him at the beginning. You won all those championships with him. Um, as you, What thoughts jump to your mind as, as we prepare, at whatever point he's prepared, to officially tell the world that he is, after all these years, stepping away from football. I, I think the official words coming soon. Um, I just, just imagine if it wasn't, okay, th- there would be the hugest send-off next year uh, mm-hmm. that, that you would ever see in the National Football League, and, yeah. that's, and that's not Tom Brady. So it's coming. Um, I, just, right, I, I reflect, and I'm just, I feel fortunate that I saw it from the beginning as a player, mm. okay, all the way through to where – you talk about Joe Burrow's development. He, he skipped this developmental phase that Brady had to where a team had to carry a quarterback and buy him time and then watch him develop into the, to the main person or the reason why we were having success to see that transformation and to see how it happened, Greeny. I mean, his, his attitude and work ethic and leadership style just continually to get better and better every year. I mean, and then just to say this, to have it end in New England and then go to Tampa and have the immediate success that he had, 
I mean, it just cemented him not only as a player but as a leader and how important it was to have a relationship with his teammates to say, you know, I can't do this without you, man. So let's form this bond, let's form this relationship, and let's do this together. And I think a lot of players, especially the early times, uh, would describe him in one word as nothing like competitor or anything like that, but almost like brother because mm. that's what it really was like, and that's how special he is with all the relationships that he's formed. You know, I, I consider myself a Rex Ryan historian. I think I know more about Rex's career than he does. I always felt when you were sort of at your apex as the defensive coach in Baltimore and then when you came to the Jets, you talked, I thought, more about Peyton than you talked about Brady. But in looking back on it now, I feel like you talk more about Brady than you do about Peyton. Those were your two great Right, right. The two, the two great white whales that you were chasing, right. if you will. Yeah, and I did purposely because I had to go against Tom Brady twice a year. Right. And so I would purposely talk up Peyton Manning and try to get get under Tom jabs, Brady's yeah. skin Is a little bit. Is that right? I'm sure Absolutely you heard it. Yes. Did. <laughs> Absolutely did. And I'll never forget a time I'm like, well, Peyton Manning, because Tom was, was at a play. I go, well, Peyton Manning wouldn't be there. Like, I, just, I would try to uh, throw <laughs> yeah. subtle shots. And the fact, because look, I was getting hit with so many combinations, uh, you know, like by, by Tom Brady. He was whipping me all the time. I had to come back any way I could. But that was why. But I, let, let's, let's, I mean, I'll say this. I've never faced a, a guy that was tougher, more competitive, and, and a better player than this man right here and the leader. I, I just thought his whole team. Like, I always, I begged to play New England without Tom Brady. I had the opportunity one time, and we shut him out in New England. And I said, I don't care. I remember Sal Palantoni was there. He goes, well, you're going to get this guy or whatever. At was it Matt Castle? No, it was, the, uh, it was Jacoby Brissett. And oh. I, go, I go, you know what? I don't care who the hell it is. It could be Steve Grogan or anybody else. <laughs> but it ain't Tom Brady. I'm getting ready to, to kick the hell out of this team. And that's how I felt about it. That, no, you, it was, you had an unfair advantage. You know, you had the greatest of all time, and I didn't. And it pissed me off so bad that I never, I never had that. But I will say this. Two Super Bowl rings that Brew has, my brother was on that staff, and it's his favorite player that, that he was ever around. And he loved Brew, but he loved Tom Brady the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brady, on his way out. Uh, Teddy, thank you for doing this. It's a pleasure to have you my here. Pleasure. Enjoy my the pleasure. rest of the day. Rex, great to see you. I'll see you soon. Yep. Again, no one knows more about Rex than I do. Hey, try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G and America's Best Network. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. Coming up, my takes will include the one guy in the Super Bowl we aren't talking nearly enough about. I'll tell you who that is next. I'm Greeny and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greenies Takes. All right, here we go again. I'll do the AFC game here. We will do the NFC a little bit later, but we'll focus on the Bengals and the Chiefs yesterday, and I will give you my five big takeaways from that game. Number five. All right, look, the play before the half is a huge deal, and I will acknowledge in the moment that it happened, I didn't think so. But the way that game plays out, I really do believe it changes momentum. And Rex said it really well on TV this morning. Momentum is something that can't be quantified. Hembo's beloved analytics don't have any way of taking into account momentum. But it does matter. Maybe in football more than any other sport. And I think it did change the momentum. Tracy Wolfson made that point. That when she was talking about starting the third quarter, what the coaches told her. She said that the coach in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor, said they galvanized. They got so much energy out of making that stop. And listen, that play is a disgrace. I mean, it is horrendous. And Andy Reid does what he's supposed to do as the coach. He takes the blame. We had enough time for another play, but I've got to get one that's open in the end zone. So, but, but And so he said, oh, that was his call. No, 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 no. I mean, who do you want to talk? My grandmother knows. That in that situation, you do not throw the ball in bounds. And did you see what happened right as that play ended? The worst thing about it, Patrick Mahomes is trying to call a timeout. Not only has the clock been on zero for two seconds already, but he doesn't have a timeout. Does he not know they don't have a timeout? Is it possible they snapped that ball with five seconds left in the half and he didn't know they had no timeouts? Situational awareness is everything in football. And that is a terrible moment. And in retrospect, it goes a long way towards costing them the game. Not just because it cost them three points in a game that winds up in overtime. But I really do think it leads to a lot of things that happen the rest of the way. That said, number four, is there any all-time great coach in any sport that loses more games that he shouldn't than Andy Reid? For that, I want to bring in Hembo here. We have the assembled members of the hashtag crew ready to go. Hembo, you're a lifelong devoted Eagles fan. You saw that whole stretch where Andy just kept getting the, what's the expression, getting the horse to water but couldn't make it drink. He, I love Andy. He's a great coach. He loses a lot of games he's supposed to win. Oh, most definitely. He's a Hall of Fame coach. But what we saw yesterday in Kansas City, I saw for years in Philadelphia. Yesterday, that was the fifth time in his career that he's lost a conference championship game as a favorite. Just because he won the championship with Patrick Mahomes in 2019 doesn't take away all that other stuff. That was the aberration. What what we saw yesterday was the Andy Reid that I know and love. Yeah. Say that again. Five conference championship games as a favorite. He has lost five conference championship games as a favorite more than any coach in NFL history. Yeah, and and look, I, I'm trying to remember all of them in Philly. I know there were some huge disappointments. The Tampa game was a bad loss. The Arizona game. But, but here's what I will say. That when you're up 21-3 in your own stadium against the Bengals... That's not a game you're supposed to lose. Got to win that game. And that sticks to Andy Mm. and Mahomes. It doesn't stick to Kelsey. It doesn't stick to Tyreek Hill. It doesn't stick to Chris Jones. It doesn't stick to those. The people upon whom this stuff goes on the permanent record are the coaches and the quarterbacks. This one, I think, sticks with both of them Mm. 
for some time. It's Greeny's Takes. Number three. All right, and here's where I said there's a guy that we are not talking enough about. A great kicker is not a luxury. A great kicker is a weapon. Evan McPherson is ridiculous. He has 40 points in the playoffs. 12 for 12 on field goals. 4 for 4 on extra points. 12 makes for a total of 467 yards. But did you tell me those 40 points is a record? (laughs) Evan McPherson has scored more points this postseason than any player in the history of the NFL entering the Super Bowl. He's already the fourth leading postseason scorer ever behind Adam Vinatieri, Terrell Davis, and Larry Fitzgerald in respective years. And that obviously includes their Super Bowl total. But when you've got that, when you've got, look, once I get to anywhere basically inside the 40-yard line, I've got three points in my pocket. It changes the game. Changes the game. And for how young is he? How old is he? He's a rookie. I mean, how, how, what is he, 22 years old? I mean, for when, when, when a 22-year-old, when a however old he is, when he runs on the field and the only thought you have on the couch is there's no chance he misses, <laughs> like zero chance he misses, that's an unbelievable statement. So he is special, and that was a big factor yesterday. Number two. I've got a new comparison for Burrow. People want to compare him to Brady. He's not Brady because Brady was the 199th pick. Like, Brady was out of nowhere. Burrow won the championship and was the first pick in the draft. He won the Heisman. So it's not a comparison there. I was comparing him to Montana because of the physical stature. He's bigger than Joe Montana was. But the toughness, the Joe Cool, all that kind of stuff. But someone made the point to me, you know what he is? He's a little bit of Namath, too. He's a little Broadway Joe. It's the, the, the pink sunglasses... The, the jacket he wore yesterday, the chain he wore yesterday. You put a mink coat on that kid, he's Broadway Joe. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. He may play in Cincinnati, but that kid is Broadway Joe. He's got Namath written all over him. That, that, he's got that brashness, that whole thing. This kid was playing in New York, they'd be saying he's the next Namath. Mm. As it turns out, he's probably going to accomplish more in his career than Namath did, and Namath is in the Hall of Fame. Number one. But the number one thing that just has to be said. Patrick Mahomes was awful in the second half yesterday. Just flat awful. It started on that play right before the half. And it just never got better. And Hembo gave me the stat, and this is impossible to believe. QBR is our metric for just measuring the performance of a quarterback. It takes into account everything. And the score goes from 1 to 100, right? You can't get a 0. You can get a a 0.1. You can't get a 0. Okay. So the lowest score you can have is 0.1. The highest score you can have is 100. Mahomes' QBR in the first half was 98. He was practically perfect. His score in the second half in overtime was 1.4. That is the largest gap in a player's QBR by half in the playoffs since we started tracking this in 2006. No quarterback has ever had a half that good and a half that bad in the same game in the time that we've been doing this. And with no disrespect to the stat, I didn't need a stat to tell me that. That was a terrible day for Patrick Mahomes. And as I've said repeatedly, the first playoff loss he had, Brady, overtime, he gets carried off on a shield. Second playoff loss he had, Super Bowl, no offensive line running for his life, carried off on a shield. Yesterday, he lost the game. Patrick Mahomes lost the game for Kansas City. No other way to say it. And that's taking nothing away from Burrow or the coaching. Nothing. 
21-3 at home. You don't lose that game. The great quarterback doesn't lose that game, and that is going to stick to Mahomes. There's just no other way around it. And it doesn't mean he isn't great. It doesn't mean he isn't the best player in the NFL. It doesn't mean any of that. But it doesn't just, you don't just erase that. Like, that one is written in ink. That one is not written with a lead pencil. All right, it's time for What's On Your Mind, brought to you by my, my Computer Career Training for a Better Life. Let's bring in the entire uh, assembled members of the Hashtag crew here. You've heard from Hashtag Hembo. Let's bring in Hashtag Nuno and Hashtag Bubba. Nuno, I'll start with you. Uh, what's on your mind? Of all the things you saw this weekend, what jumped out to you? Well, two, one's real quick. Watching all those Pepsi halftime commercials, yeah. I'm excited about the uh, uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Okay, I like uh, it. You seem that. like you'd be a big Dr. Dre fan. Yep, I love it. Dre and Snoop, it, even you know, throwing Eminem, it's going to be a good time. Okay. I, th- uh, I think a lot of uh, kids are going to find out about their parents' youth uh, during that uh, halftime show. Uh, and two, I love this guy, but Orlovsky, stop, please. Like, why is he acting like Matthew, like... Everyone thought Matthew Stafford was a bum. Like, he played in Detroit. That's why he never had these opportunities. And, oh, by the way, like, he threw the ball to Tart, who just had to catch it, and this game is over for them. Um, so I think just people overreacting to, you know, Matthew Stafford beating Jimmy G, who, by the way, if you're a fan of either the Cowboys or the Packers, your team lost to Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. That's well done. That is Nuno grinding as only he can the knife even deeper into the souls of these teams who've lost their playoff games. Hashtag Bubba is with us as well today. And many may not know this, but Bubba, before his career in radio broadcasting, had a long and very successful career in the National Football League. Front office executive started as a scout, scouted some of the all-time great players, including, if memory serves, actually uh, Bart Starr at Alabama. So he has a, a really a lengthy uh, list of accomplishments. Bubba, what was your primary takeaway from this weekend in the NFL? Yeah, I have uh, two quick things as well. First, um, these NFL teams, their social media, they got to stop with these showing GMs and coaches arriving to work. It's getting out of hand. No one cares. Brian Dable is showing up in a pickup truck and walking in. It's ridiculous. Like five teams have done it. It makes no sense. No one cares. Stop doing it. Okay. That's one. Fair enough. Two, I find this fascinating. How about the fact that Eric Weddle, for two, almost two full years, was sitting on his couch retired, playing golf, doing whatever, and yesterday he led the team in tackles and now he's in the Super Bowl. How about that? He played a great game. He, sure like did. Weddle, he was retired for two years. He was. <laughs> and, 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 he, and, and he's not like he's a, a specialist. Like he's a guy who's got to run around out there and make plays and hit people and get hit and all that kind of stuff. And you're right. He, he was a person who jumped off the screen with a good performance. See, that is why that's, that's the eye of a scout and, and the eye of, of someone who has spent so many years in the business successfully. That's Bubba seeing the really important stuff. Hembo, how about you? What jumps out at you? So yesterday, Greeny, you tweeted that the six games played over the last two weekends, they were decided by a total of 21 points. Mm-hmm. So I looked into it. That is by a long shot the smallest margin in any group of games over the last two weekends, those being the divisional and conference championship games, by a lot. The previous low, again, over the last two weekends, it was 21. The previous low was 40 over those six games in 2003. I don't ever recall enjoying sort of a back-to-back weekend of NFL football more than I had the last two. Yeah, take your rooting um, you know, aside. Take, take your team out of the equation. Just think back to the six games, the last six games that were played in here. The first weekend was notable primarily, sorry, Bubba, for the Cowboys. 
and the way they lost to the 49ers. We, we did get up. We did a two-hour show. We did two hours on that play. <laughs> and and it, it made that weekend ridiculously memorable. But it wasn't a great weekend of football, as that first weekend never is, because you have teams in there that don't belong. Look at the, 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 the last two weekends. The first five games, there were kicks that decided the outcome on the final play of regulation. Five games in a row. Three of them... A kick with no time left won the game. Two of them, a kick with no time left, sent the game to overtime. It's almost unimaginable. And then the game yesterday winds up going down to the final minute and is settled on a kick. And how much time was left when Matt Gay makes that kick? A minute and a half Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. You can't ask for more. And again, the final margins, if you add the six games up, add up to 21 points. These games were, they they were, were, I can tell you exactly what it was because I was the one who looked, I, I looked it up and did the math. One of them was decided by six, the Kansas City-Buffalo game, because it's a touchdown in the overtime. The rest were all three-point margins. It's five times three, which is 15, plus the six is 21. Those are the six games. The Bills-Chiefs game was the best one. That, that was, I mean, for me, at least the all-timer that sort of headlined this thing. But you just couldn't believe every game was seemingly better than the one before. I mean, I, I think what history shows is that we should have a doozy of a Super Bowl. Another note on that, by the way, is that home teams, take the spread out of it, went two and four. Hmm. home teams lost four of these six games, right? The Rams yeah. were home yesterday. The Chiefs were home against Buffalo. All the rest, the previous weekend, Cincinnati, San Francisco, and the Rams were all on the road. And then yesterday, Cincinnati was on the road again. How about that? So road teams went four and two hmm. in these two rounds of the playoffs. All right, we will have much more to say about this. I got to get to the overtime. I got plenty of time for your calls today. But up next, oh, by the way, the greatest player ever is retiring. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'll get to Brady in a second. You know, Brady was the 199th pick in the draft. Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow were both the number one pick overall in their respective drafts. And they're about to meet in the Super Bowl. This will be the second time that the starting quarterbacks were both number one overall picks in a Super Bowl. I'm asking this because I literally just came across it on Twitter. Hembo, you may know this because it was tweeted by Stats and Info, so I'll take you out of it. Can you guys name it? Can you name the only other Super Bowl? Super quick, Nuno, Bubba, where the two starting quarterbacks were both the first pick in the draft. I got no idea. Come on, Bubs. You'll get it. Come on. Uh, It's pretty recent. Pretty recent. I mean, not yesterday, but it's fairly recent. Certainly this era. I got nothing. One of them's playing. One of them still played this year, and the other one was on Saturday Night Live <laughs> talking about Emily in Paris this I weekend. Gonna, I was thinking Peyton. So Peyton, and- Peyton and Cam Newton. Peyton okay. versus Cam Newton oh, in the Super nice. Bowl. Cam. The only other time that the uh, the two starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl were both, both number one picks in the draft. All right, good. There, I literally just came across that on Twitter. I liked it. Meanwhile. Breaking news, Tom Brady is retiring. On his podcast with Jim Gray, he mentioned the word satisfied. 
When was the last time we heard Tom Brady mention the word satisfy at all in his career? Tom Brady retiring, and let there be no questioning about this. All right, I I, I understand all of the machinations that went into. Tom Brady is retiring. Okay, of that there is no question. He wants to control the timing of it on the announcement. Good for him. God bless him. He can do it however he likes. He's had the greatest career of all time. Um, but let let there be no question about it. That he is he is going to retire from pro football after twenty two brilliant and unbelievable seasons. And so when I woke up this morning in our Google Doc. There were three questions that Nuno put in there that I will answer because I think they're good questions about Brady. Here's question number one. He writes, if this is the end, does Brady go down as the greatest North American athlete in a team sport of all time? It's an excellent question. So I'll tell you this. I posted right when he retired. I posted on Twitter. You can go to my Twitter page anytime you want, by the way, at ESPN Greeny. It's awesome. And I posted if there was an Mount Rushmore of American sports, Tom Brady's face would be on it. Now, a good tweet for me, just for the record, will get 5,000 likes, you know, kind of. This got 21,000. People went nuts Hmm. arguing over the Mount Rushmore on on my mentions, which was not what I meant. (laughs) I thought it was just sort of a fairly obvious statement that he is on the Mount Rushmore. I think he is that. Is he the single greatest it's complicated. Are we including, because the question he put up there is team sport. If we're going to limit it to a team sport, that takes out the Muhammad Ali's, the Michael Phelps, the Serena Williams, people like that. So if we're limiting it to team sports, he unquestionably is football's representative. Now that doesn't mean football couldn't have two people represented on this list of four, but he's the greatest football player ever. Go into the other sports. Is your basketball player Michael Jordan or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? You can go one or the other. To me, it's one or, or of the, those two guys. Going to baseball, I'll look to you, Hembo. Is the answer Babe Ruth? Do My I answer assume? is Babe Ruth. Some would say Willie Mays. But, but let's just say Ruth. Mm-hmm. The fact that some might say Mays, I think, is significant. The other one is Gretzky. He put the word North American in there advisedly because that Gretzky is obviously not American. And it is a sport that sometimes we don't think of as an American sport, but it is one of the four, traditionally one of the four majors. Those are probably the four names that go on the list. Do you put, do you put Brady ahead of Gretzky? I think Brady and Gretzky would be one and two in either order you want to put them because there is no debating. Like, people might, I, I would debate between Michael Jordan and Kareem. You might debate between Babe Ruth and Willie Mays. There's no debating Tom Brady. And there's no debate in Gretzky. So I think he's either one or two. I think that's that answer. The next question he put in there is, while the Bucks had fun the last two years, should they push Bruce Arians out the door? I'm a little less interested in Arians' future than the Bucks' bigger picture future. Is that? Now, they drafted a quarterback last year, Kyle Trask from Florida. Um, and I believe the last pick of the second round, if I remember correctly. But... Are they going to hand him the keys and start over again to a degree? Or do they look at it as we have the makings of a championship team here and go after one of the many musical chairs quarterbacks who might be out there? It raises the somewhat ridiculous possibility that Aaron Rodgers could wind up there 
What do you think, Kemba? Do you think to go out and get a, a veteran quarterback? That should be priority number one for them, if possible. They have a super, uh, super Bowl roster, don't you think? I mean, they were a player or two away from advancing to the NFC Championship yes, game this year. That team's awesome. I mean, they may, may not be quite. And that as happened good. with a lot of injuries. Now they may lose some of these guys. Godwin. A lot of these guys may not be back. I mean, Kyle Trask is far from a sure thing. I mean, you, you did more research on him than I did, but I mean, he was the last pick in the second round. Like Many people questioned him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Many people questioned whether he was even worthy of going where he went. So we'll see um, if the next move there is to try and bring in a replacement. And then finally, Nuno puts in the question, should a player like Brady need to wait five years to get into the Hall of Fame? Well, if you have been listening to me for years, you know the answer to that is definitively no. Brady should have been in the Hall of Fame 10 years ago. I have been campaigning forever that we should put active players on Hall of Fame ballots. There's no obvious reason not to. Tom Brady was a Hall of Famer sometime around 2008. There's no earthly reason. Think about the marketing. Come see Hall of Famer Tom Brady play this afternoon against Hall of Famer Peyton Manning. There's no reason we have to, and this is true for all sports. To me, I can't think of a reason, not only that we wait five years. Why don't we just decide when a person's in the Hall of Fame, put them in the Hall of Fame. If they're still playing, to me, that's not a problem. It's a benefit. That's what I think. We'll get to the NFC game as we roll on here off this championship Sunday. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.